Welcome to the Pageantry Podcast. In today's very special Pageantry Podcast guest, calling in the CEO of Queen Beauty Universe and Queen Beauty USA, Mr. Tom Brodier. Good morning, Tom. Hey, Carl. How are you? I am doing excellent. You know, we've had our features run on Queen Beauty Universe, and of course, I just got back from Queen Beauty USA, so we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, indeed, we do. <laughs> well, well, let's start at the beginning when you became the national director for Queen Beauty USA. Why did you decide to become a national director in the first place? Well, you know, I mean, I've been around this business a long, long time. I think it, it, there will be some people who might listen to this podcast that will remember Guy Rex. Um, one of the most prolific pageant coaching teams in the history of, of pageants who later on, of course, went on to be state directors for Texas and California in the Miss USA system, uh, had the winningest record, I think, five Miss Texas USAs in a row, one Miss USA back in the 80s, um, which is when I was sort of coming into this realization that that pageantry for me was more than just a fun thing to watch with my mom. I had a deep interest in it and began even as early as high school uh, coaching girls for local street fair and state competitions, some of whom went on to compete for Miss Ohio USA or Miss Ohio Teen USA, which, of course, I grew up in Ohio. So the obviousness of that. But Guy Rex, um, as I, I sort of paid attention to what they did, I, I was a student of all of that and would later become a multi-state director for them when they left the Miss Universe organization and went on to run Miss World America and Miss World Mexico. And I think I've said many times over the years that pageantry is sort of a lot like the Hotel California. You can check in anytime you like, but you can really never leave. It always comes back to you. And I left the pageant industry um, from a professional perspective in the mid-90s and went into tech for a couple of decades, Um, ran marketing and strategy at GoDaddy, launched big brands like MarketWire and Orbitz and others, and um, for whatever reason, this this, uh, hobby for some and sport for others and passion for even others uh, just continued to revisit me over the years. And so about three years ago, my then-husband and I were thinking about what kind of independence did we want to create for ourselves so that we were no longer working for others. And in 2017, I was the CEO uh, of a company called Yandy.com, which became the official swim partner uh, for Miss USA that year and the official activewear partner for Miss Teen USA that year. And it sort of, I guess, bit me again, that bug, uh, and came back to, you know, brought me back to this place of, you know, what could we be doing here in a more meaningful way? So a good friend of mine named Oscar brought me together with a young woman who ran a country license for uh, a beauty pageant based out of Spain called La Reina Beleza Universo, or Queen Beauty Universe. And it turns out the USA did not have a licensee or a franchise holder. So my husband and I bought it and then began in earnest uh, investing in it uh, to begin building the brand. And the premise for us was very simple. Um, We wanted to just bring beauty back to pageantry. I feel over the the decades, while there's a pageant for everybody uh, and there's something, you know, that fits everyone, uh, I, I felt personally, Carl, like we had become very apologetic as an industry about celebrating the physical beauty and the physical fitness of women. 
and instead um, began to steer ourselves more towards, you know, sort of finding the woman with the perfect story, finding the woman with the perfect humanitarian background, finding the woman with the, you know, the sort of perfect tragedy to triumph moment in her life. And, and while I celebrate all of those things, and I think all of them are empowering to women, for me particularly, I felt like the dilution of, of finding beauty in a woman also an empowering and attractive characteristic was something that we were starting to dilute, and I wanted to do something about it. So I bought a pageant. And as most of our readers are already aware of, before your first event, you actually became the international director after acquiring the rights to Queen Beauty Universe. We did. What we learned was, you know, the company that owned um, the international competition that we were licensees to here in the U.S. had run into some trouble and had not been able to conduct their international competition within an appropriate time frame. And, and anybody in pageant land who understands this is title holders, you know, are held to a term or to a reign, and sometimes those reigns are less than 12 months, and every once in a while they're a little bit longer than that. And what was happening with the international competition, without disclosing too much, was that they were running up against those deadlines. And so I made a deal uh, with the CEO of Queen Beauty Universe, La Reina Beleza Universo, that we would underwrite the production of Queen Beauty Universe 2019 as long as they would secure a date and announce the date and the location. And Spain is where the event was supposed to happen originally. Um, and if they would announce that date and they would secure the venue and the, the host hotel properties and, and all else by a certain date, then we would not be in violation of our licensing agreement. And many other country directors would also not be in violation of an extended licensing agreement. And then I put a stipulation in the deal, Carl, uh, that said if um, you do not meet the time requirement that you agree to in this document. We will acquire the assets of the business. Unfortunately, the company in Spain was unable to secure the dates, announce them, secure the venue, and the host hotel and announce them within the date frame and time agreed. And so we acquired Queen Beauty Universe middle of May uh, in 2019. And at the end of July, we hosted Queen Beauty Universe 2019 in Miami, Florida. So with less than six weeks to prepare, we had women flying in from all over the world. I think we had 33 uh, competitors all in. It was nothing short of mind-numbing uh, to try to do all of that. And I think you've done a great job writing about it and, and sort of capturing that in, in previous editions of the magazine. But, um, but yes, we wound up with an international beauty pageant in the middle of, of trying to launch our USA event. So um, that sort of put a few things on delay for us for Queen Beauty USA, which was supposed to happen last summer instead of a universe competition. Um, but I'm happy to say that just here uh, last month, we wrapped up Queen Beauty USA during New York Fashion Week and crowned a new title holder. And now we've got two pageants under our belt, both of which are being distributed in OTT networks and platforms online. And, uh, and we're ready to rock and roll. And that was quite the twist of fate. And you and I have discussed this many times about what you actually put together in only six weeks. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the challenges that you did come up against? Because we talked about going from X amount of contestants down to, wow, do we even have enough? I know visas were a big part of it as well. Yeah, you know, you learn a lot when you are 
are coordinating and organizing an entire international competition versus sort of playing a bit part or a role uh, in a competition like that. And, um, and what we learned is, you know, obviously when there are geopolitical sensitivities between the United States and trade partners of the United States and um, rogue countries or terrorist nations or otherwise, uh, visa clearance for what are called non-essential travelers uh, becomes really, really tough. And so, unfortunately, many governments, uh, including the United States, do not see beauty queens uh, as essential travelers. And so we, I, I think I spent, Carl, three weeks probably getting about two hours of sleep per night, literally being on the phone around the clock dealing with U.S. embassies and foreign country embassies and consulates uh, in different countries trying to get people's clearance documents and all the rest so that they could enter the country. We had three girls who were unable um, to get into the country in, in time uh, and one that simply couldn't travel because of a, a travel embargo that we placed on the Venezuelan government. So, yeah, it was interesting. Lots to learn for sure through the process. And, of course, you have many hashtags, but I'd like you to explain two of them. One is hashtag beauty is back, and the second is hashtag pageant for models. Sure. Um, so beauty is back for me is just very simple. It sort of goes back to the comment that I made at the, at the top of our, of our talk with each other. Um, and that is, you know, people like to watch um, football games because they have a team they're rooting for. People like to watch other types of sporting events because they have certain athletes they like to watch or they have teams they like uh, to, you know, to support and, and so forth. I think one of the, the most important components for a television audience, a live audience, a digital audience for pageantry is, is they like to pick winners. The audience likes to have, a, have an opinion uh, from their living rooms, from the cheap seats or the expensive ones, either way. And nine times out of ten, they're rooting for the girl who's the most stunning, the one who is physically the most attractive to them. And so when we say beauty is back, um, it's not a swipe at anyone. It's not intended to be hurtful to anyone. It's just simply saying we celebrate it, and we celebrate it unapologetically. I don't want you to bury your facial beauty or the beauty of your, of your body that you've put a lot of hard work into or, or effort with nutrition and exercise and all the rest. I don't want you to hide that behind I have three degrees and I've been a volunteer for nonprofits and charities since I was nine years old, or I've saved a thousand baby dolphins in the South you know, Indian Ocean from choking on plastic bottles. All of those things are wonderful things for us to celebrate. But I, I feel so strongly that we should stop asking women to find every other reason that makes them valid and makes them important and makes them valued and in some way denigrating or hiding under a bushel or shadowing or shading their physical, uh, their physical beauty. So beauty is back is, is our way of punctuating the unapologetic celebration of beauty that, that the Queen Beauty brand brings forward. Pageant for Models is 
really a description of, of what we do. Um, I would say better than 50% of the young women who compete in pageantry, whether they're competing for a scholarship competition title or a humanitarian competition title or a beauty competition title, they're competing because they want to explore opportunities at this point in their lives to be fashion models, to be print models, digital models, e-commerce models, um, social media influencers, TV spokesmodels, uh, brand uh, spokesmodels, television hosts, uh, actresses, and so forth. And I feel, again, it's important to embrace that and call it what it is. If this is a moment in your life for, you know, from the age of 18 to 28 where you want to go gusto and, and sort of, you know, no holds barred into the modeling, acting, talent industry, and you want to use a pageant as a platform, I want to create a pageant that will allow you to use it as a platform. And again, not have to shroud it behind some other public service. If being a model is what you want to do, come to my pageant, compete, let's see what we can do to help you. It's real simple. And of course, the industry is very diverse and large. But as the industry as a whole, what do you feel that it provides these young women? You know, I think it's so cliche sounding, Carl, but it really is true. Um, pageantry is a sport, um, but it's a sport, I think, that teaches you life skills, toughness across the spectrum of things. It's, it's a multifaceted value contributor to anyone who, who takes the sport up. Whether you take it up once, you're a one and doneer. I tried it. I either liked it or I didn't. Uh, it was for me or it wasn't. Um, or you're someone who competes, you know, regularly until you sort of achieve the goal. And if that goal is a placement, if that goal is a win, whatever that goal, if that goal is modeling, acting, hosting and other opportunities for your life expanding because you participated, I feel like it brings a lot to the table. Um, there's a, a certain kind of grit, uh, mental toughness uh, that women who compete in this sport have to have. Not, not that it is in any way dissimilar from the mental toughness required of you to be, you know, an Olympic swimmer or, you know, a pro golfer, but a kind of toughness where you are, you are not just putting your skill as an athlete, your talent as a speaker um, on the line. When you compete in pageantry, you're being scrutinized for everything from the way you did your hair to the shade of makeup that you know you chose to put on your cheek contour to the length of the eyelashes that you may naturally have or you may have put on in order to compete, to the cut of the clothing that you chose, to the way you spoke to and or engaged a panel of judges in an interview competition where they're supposed to get to know you better, to the way you walked across the stage to music that might be faster than you're used to walking and heels that you might, might be taller than what you wear on a regular basis. I feel like there is a certain kind of toughness that is required of, of women who compete in this sport that sort of crosses multiple components um, as opposed to singularly looks at a thing like how fast can you run, how, how far can you swim, um, that sort of thing. So I, I think it's, it adds a lot. I think most women that I've ever worked with over the years as a coach, as a judge, as a state director, a national director, and now an international director, 
um, nearly unanimously come away with saying a few things in common. One is, I've never interviewed better for my professional life, job interviews, because of the skills that I learned in pageantry. I've never presented myself better. In so many cases of so many women, Carl, that you've probably heard this said a thousand times, if not more, this, this sport has fundamentally changed the way I think about myself uh, and the things that I am proud of. And I feel like that's such an important component of what this industry brings to young ladies. I could not have said it better myself, and I have said that many times. Thank you for that. As someone who had the honor and pleasure of attending your first international event in Miami last summer, you surprised everyone in recognizing someone that was near and dear to your heart and memorialized her for everyone. Would you like to discuss that? Yeah, I'm going to try my best. Um... Not to get emotional about it, um, but for those of you who are listening, I mean, one of my very best friends in my entire life was a woman I would describe as probably one of the most iconic beauty queens in history, and her name was Chelsea Smith. Um, Chelsea was the first tri-cultural winner of the Miss Texas USA title. Uh, she would go on to win Miss USA and she would go on to win Miss Universe. She was African-American, Native American, and Caucasian. And Chelsea was a really special soul, and, um, and she passed away um, a year ago, uh, last October, well, last September, um, from cancer. And she'd been battling it for years. And um, Chelsea and I had a lot of, a lot of fun times, um, but we also had a lot of very serious talks. And one of the things that I always was fascinated um, by her and about her over was her just absolute optimistic approach to everything. Um, this is a woman who literally 48 hours before she passed away, I was on the phone with her and we were giggling like five-year-old school children. And she was like, you know what? When I get up out of this bed, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to kick your tail. Um, we just had that kind of relationship, and she knew she wasn't going to live past that phone conversation. She knew it. But, but the effusiveness and the energy of her, um, I think, also made her one of the not only winningest uh, pageant title holders, but she won Miss Congeniality every time she won a competition. She did at Texas, she did at USA, she did at Universe. And so we memorialized her with the Chelsea Smith Kindness Award because kindness is one of the core anchors of the Queen Beauty brand. Um, we allow our judges to be around our contestants all the time. I want those judges to see these young ladies in their most pressure cooker moments um, and in their most casual moments, whether they're just you know grabbing a bagel for breakfast or... You know, they're losing it because they, you know, they can't get into hair and makeup on time or they're frustrated with their mom or a seamstress or whatever. I wanted our brand to stand for if you can't be literally and legitimately kind from the inside out and be beautiful on the outside, then you can't be a Queen Beauty title holder. And to me, if Queen Beauty had been around when Chelsea Smith was competing, she probably would have been one of ours and maybe not one of the others. And so because we don't do a miscongeniality Award uh, at Queen Beauty USA or Universe, the Chelsea Smith Kindness Award at the Universe level is one where we will always recognize the young lady who really 
was the most beautiful, kind, and so forth from the inside out. So, yeah, it was um, it was a very emotional moment uh, for me because, you know, when you have an idea about how you want to honor someone that you love, that's one thing. And then when you actually see that that honor or that memorial come to life, it it, it fundamentally changes the way you think about the power of, of what you're capable of doing. You know, Tom, it was extremely touching, and there was not a dry eye in the venue. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Tom, what do you feel sets Queen Beauty Universe and Queen Beauty USA apart from other events within the industry? I think what sets the Queen Beauty brand apart is that more of what we do is is less pageant competition the way you know it. Um, our format is a little bit more focused on that pageant for models point of view and perspective. Ours are photo shoot competitions, runway competitions, and yes, they of course are in swimsuit or couture gowns or what have you, but we have a spokesmodel competition that's really meant to just hone in and, and drive to, is this young woman capable of being a brand ambassador, not just an ambassador for our brand, but for our sponsor partners and for brands that we may be able to book her for work with. So I feel I feel like you know the the format of being more model oriented, you know it's been described before Carl by other media that we're sort of a, a the convergence of a Miss Universe and a top model uh, in terms of the way we think about things and the way we do things and our format is evolving as well where you know there will at some point be reality TV show elements uh, of what we do and perhaps uh, a show that is been in development for a while now. Uh, we'll see airtime here in the next 12 to 18 months um, relative to the making of a pageant for models and, and then the making of the model who wins. And so um, we think about this a bit differently than, you know, do we have 50 people competing in swim prelims and then competing in gown prelims and then competing in an interview and then competing in finals? Uh, where a semi-finalist group is is lined up, and then a finalist group is lined up. We have some elements that uh, are similar to traditional pageants uh, because we want to make sure that we appeal to the crossover competitor. Uh, and then we have others that are are just designed for women who aspire to be model and TV personal models and television personalities. Please explain the age demographics for the Queen Beauty brand. Yeah, so we're uh, eighteen to twenty eight. I've been uh, thinking a lot about whether or not we want to raise that bar to 30. I'm not sure. Uh, but 18 to 28 is where we are right now. And I know you take your judges panel and host very seriously. And you've had several highly recognized names from within the industry as either a host or a judge. Can you name a few of them and why you feel this is important? Sure. Uh, so for Universe, for Queen Beauty Universe in Miami, uh, we had Diana Mendoza, uh, who was Miss Universe in 2008, and Willie Martin, who's a very, very well-known U.S. Hispanic, uh, Latino uh, television personality, actor, TV show host. Those choices were very intentional and very deliberate. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida, originally grew up in Northeast Ohio, but was born in Southeast Florida. I have a deep and abiding affection and love for that part of the country. Um, it also is, is legitimately one of the top gateways in the world for 
not just the U.S. Hispanic population, um, but Caribbean Latinos, uh, Central and South American Latinos, and um, and we wanted to we wanted to make sure that our audience understood that that we were there for that. Also, we were there for them, and so I wanted to bring iconic hosts into our show, our first show especially, uh, to celebrate where we were. Um, and to celebrate the cultures that we love, uh, that also love pageantry. And then the panel of judges, you know, look, you, this is, I think this is probably one of the toughest jobs for any of us who run, you know, beauty competitions or, or pageants anywhere, and that is to find people who are not only qualified because they've either been a title holder or, or they have pageant industry production experience or talent management experience or whatever. I think it's also really important to have judges that will listen to what it is that you are trying to do differently. And so, you know, our judges panel, as you'll recall, I mean, it was pretty broad and rich. I mean, we had Bravo, you know, Bravo television stars, uh, former Miss USA, former Miss Universe, remarkable, you know, talent on the fitness and physical development and nutrition side of things and and so forth. And so the former Miss World America, who was a second runner-up to Miss World, so we had sort of a cross-section of uh, pageant industry expertise, talent, uh, and TV expertise, uh, creative and brand development expertise, because we wanted to have a broad a broad brush across a number of different dimensions. Now, just most recently, uh, Queen Beauty USA, the, you were the host of the show, and of course, everybody who knows you understands that you know your history in this industry and in this business is, it takes a lot of stamina to be in this industry as long as you and your family have been, and it takes a lot of, I think, clarity of purpose and mission to choose to stay in this industry and do its work. And I was excited to have you be our host because um, I wasn't sure if you would actually do it, given that sort of neutral role you have to play in this industry. But because I've, I've seen you and I've observed you over the years, really know how to liven up an audience and, and bring them to life during a, a time that is you know particularly stressful for friends, family, fans, and of course the contestants. And then our... You know, our judges panel was, again, you know, another who's who. So important to us because, A, um, there's legitimization that comes with the old adage, the company that you keep is important. Um, but I also wanted to make certain that the company that we kept, both in our show hosts and in our judges panels, uh, were people who were infinitely qualified to choose the right kind of winners. And I appreciate the shout out. And I did enjoy hosting. We had started off on the judges panel and we kind of moved along through our conversations and it was a complete honor and I thoroughly enjoyed myself and I hope the audience and the contestants as well as the viewing audience enjoyed it. And speaking of beauty of the viewing audience, even though you've only had two events, you have been able to live stream them both. Yes, we have. I mean, and look, the audience is small when you're starting and you're an unknown brand. I mean, our brand, um, La Reina Belleza Universo, is very well known in Europe uh, and certainly in, in South America, but not at all known uh, in the U.S. And so bringing uh, Queen Beauty Universe to the United States for the first time ever uh, at our event in Miami last July um, 
you know, was, was a, a hallmark moment for the, the brand itself. And then, of course, hosting a first-ever Queen Beauty USA national competition just last month in New York during Fashion Week, also a hallmark moment for the brand. Um, but we did live stream Miami. I think we had about 6,000 viewers tune in, uh, you know, which isn't, isn't significant in the grand scheme of things, but for a, a first-time pageant that had about a minute and a half to pull itself together and about 38 seconds to market itself, it was a nice a nice show of international uh, audience watching from all over the world, from Philippines, Malaysia, Thailand, obviously uh, South America, Mexico, and different sort of what I would call pageant-friendlier parts of Europe, and of, of course the U.S. and Canada. And then this most recent live uh, stream of Queen Beauty USA, we had JC Productions uh, from Pageant Live come in and, and sort of run the whole show for us, which I have to tell you was such a relief. Uh, Susan and Jeremy Abels and their team are some of the most remarkable people to work with and a real pleasure. Um, and we got to do Queen Beauty USA in an interesting format um, because we were able to collaborate uh, with another person uh, in the industry who's you know known for you know positive pageantry, and that's Renee Bionette from Art and Beauty Magazine. And as you know from you know, New York Fashion Week 2.0, it was nice to be able to sort of hold hands uh, and collaborate with, with people of like mind. And you touched on it a little bit before, but there are possibly several more broadcast opportunities coming up in the future. There are. So we are, you know, we've just finished negotiating our Apple TV, Roku, and, uh, and Amazon Prime Video deals. And so both of those pageants will be available on those OTT networks for a very small fee. I think it's an on-demand fee of like 99 cents. So get to watch an hour and 10-minute, hour and 12-minute national or international beauty competition for a buck. It's cheaper than a, a night at the movies or one kernel of popcorn. So lots of fun there. Um, and then, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've been in development with a, a major production company on a reality show about the making of. And um, I do think that, that that show is going to see the light of day. I think they wanted us to get through more than one event uh, when we started this development effort with them. Queen Beauty Universe hadn't even happened yet. So now we've got two you know, pageant productions and broadcasts in the can that can be used to further develop you know, the series. And so we're excited about it and we'll see how it evolves, Carl. And possibly see Pageantry Magazine CEO Carl Dunn coming to you live from Queen Beauty Universe or Queen Beauty USA. You know, I had to do my voice for you, Tom. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we're just at Queen Beauty USA. Any plans for Queen Beauty Universe coming up in the future? Uh, yeah, Carl, I'm glad you asked. So Queen Beauty Universe 2020 will be uh, during New York Fashion Week in September in New York City. We'll be announcing some things here in the next 45 to 60 days uh, that will roll out the details. And I hope to see you there. I hope you will be. You can count on it, my friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. Where do you see Queen Beauty Universe and Queen Beauty USA in five years? You know, I'd... Um, it's funny. I think the scorekeepers in this industry, you know, keep score by describing your pageant as a grand slam pageant or one of the top five or, or whatever. And there are so many different 
metrics that are used to measure how you even qualify for those things. How many television, you know, viewing audience members do your shows have? How many live audience event members do your shows have? Um, how long you know, has your brand been around? Um, there's so many different ways that are maybe a little more subjective than objective about measuring that I don't even think about our brand in those terms. You know, I don't think about being listed with Miss Universe and Supranational and, you know, and World and International as a thing to achieve. What I really hope our brand is known for five years from now is is being the model maker and the career maker for beauty entrepreneurs and so forth. In addition to you know, celebrating, you know, this moment where, you know, the young women who compete for us who have modeling or television or, you know, spokesperson or hosting aspirations, you know, we have a whole e-commerce business that we've built separate of Queen Beauty Universe in USA, but designed for our title holders and, and our contestants. And it's an e-commerce company called Beauty by You where we will launch cosmetic lines, skincare products, apparel products, fashion products, everyday use and consumer packaged goods products that our Queen Beauty winners or or runners-up or title holders want to launch. If you'll recall, our 2019 uh, Queen Beauty USA was a young lady named Alexia Ray Castillo, who is a very uh, successful model and actress in her own right before we were ever privileged to work with her and um, and to have her as a title holder. But we, you know, she wanted to launch um, cruelty-free mink false eyelash line. This has been a dream of hers for a long time, and so we did that. And we sell those products today on Beauty by You, and, and she gets paid royalties every time those products get sold. So I'd like for our brand to be a brand that is known for launching the faces, the figures, and the brands of young women who have chosen beauty and fashion as a, a category that they want to participate in. And whatever the industry, you know, decides uh, is worthy of their recognition of those efforts, I guess we'll wait to see. But I, I'd rather have the women who are competing for us and winning uh, in our competitions be happy, successful, and doing what it is they want to do. I'd rather have that that sort of shout out and that nod more than any sort of ranking in an industry publication or online platform or recognition otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. How can women learn more about Queen Beauty Universe and Queen Beauty USA? Super, super easy. Uh, for the old school folks who like to use websites, there's lots of information on www.queenbeautyuniverse.com and www.queenbeautyusa.com. Also, um, I'm proud that in the 18 months we've been doing what we've been doing. We have, you know, collectively across our Instagram and Facebook properties for both Queen Beauty Universe and USA, um, nearly 75,000 people uh, in less than a year really launching those social media assets following us there. So you can always follow uh, Queen Beauty Universe and Queen Beauty USA on Facebook. Uh, you can, I'd love to have you follow us on Instagram. Uh, as well, and on Instagram, we're at official Queen Beauty USA and Queen Beauty Universe official, respectively. And you also have on Instagram Beauty by You, if I'm not mistaken. We do. Uh, also, Facebook and and Instagram have Beauty by You underscore BBY. So, uh, if you want to follow us in either of those as well, we'd love to see you there.
Tom, is there anything else that you would like to address or anyone you'd like to recognize? You know, I would like to just give my personal props and shout outs. Every little girl who has a dream uh, that this industry or this platform is a part of, you stay true to yourself. Don't hide any of your assets or capabilities or talents to get down the path in this industry, including your beauty. Be proud of it. Celebrate it. It doesn't make you a vain human being. It makes you somebody who recognizes blessings that God has given you that you're not responsible for anyhow. I'd say that. I I love to give shout-outs to Julia Morley, to Paula Shugart, uh, to leaders of pageant systems all around the world who continue to knit this community together. Each of us have our own brands that stand for different things, um, that find different things important to us specifically. But together, I feel that with a little bit more unite and a little less compete against one another, we'll continue to, to promote and take into the future an industry that has to continue to evolve, obviously, to stay current with the times. Um, but one that is so steeped in tradition and so important, a launching pad for so many women, including the ones who don't win the shiny, sparkly hats. I'd love to just give a shout-out to my peers who I just think are remarkable women and men uh, in this business who do really, really hard work, who are passionate and committed to it. Let's keep doing that work together and making everything better so all boats rise. Tom, this has been enjoyable and informative. I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and I appreciate your time this morning. I appreciate you, Carl. Thank you so much. And today's very special guest was the CEO of Queen Beauty Universe and Queen Beauty USA, Mr. Tom Brodier. Tom, we will see each other soon. Thank you, Carl. Look forward to it.